Praise the Lord. Amen. God has been good to us. What a joy to come together week after week to glorify the name of Jesus. He's our God, our shield. He will never leave us. Virus will come and go. Wave will rise. Get a dip again and then they'll say it'll rise. But our God will, will always be with us. This morning, I was thinking on, on the word uh, that I would be bringing before the people of God. And suddenly my mind raced on every Sunday till the Lord comes or till you go to meet the Lord. Every time there is a Sunday service, there are two segments in Sunday service. The first one we say worship. Second one we say we receive the word. And I was thinking about the first half of our services. Uh, whichever church you go, whichever denomination you represent from, the first half uh, is a time of worship. In that segment, the Lord has allowed me to be on that line for quarter century, standing and, and behind an instrument or, or front of the pulpit and see a lot of people um, worshiping the Lord. And I find uh, there are different expressions when you stand here. You see the people. Some are folding hands and some are uh, contemplating. Some hands are in the pocket and, and some 90 degrees, you know. The Lord is there. Some are, uh, what do you call the 65 and some are 45, and some are exuberant, some are so expressive, and some are closing eyes, sometimes I see tears, sometimes people kneeling down, I remember once uh, from the college we went for our summer ministry, we, was, we, we went to Orissa, a place called Koraput, I was scheduled to preach that day, and my classmate, uh, his father was the pastor, and so he said, I'll be at the church 15 minutes earlier, you come at 9 o'clock, I'll go by 8.30, 8.40, I said, fine, walking distance, so uh, I'm fully ready, you know, I'm a Bangalore boy. And so got all things ready, scheduled Bible bag. And he went early. As soon as he entered the church at nine o'clock, the atmosphere was so different. This is uh, semi-urban. People are inside, no song, no instrument. There's so much of sobbing, weeping, praising. And uh, they were sitting on mats, kneeling down. And I saw my classmate on the, on the pulpit, kneeling down, crying, crying, no song. And uh, no instruments and, and no one, two, three, go opening prayer. And uh, nothing had just started, but the spirit of the Lord fell upon the building and uh, uh, in, in the room and people were opening their hearts. I don't know what was the Lord doing. It's so mysterious to see that people don't, you know, have different, different things going on in their life. But when they come to the presence of the Lord, something happens deep within. And so I realized that this first half uh, can be productive, much beyond uh, what we do. Clap hands, stand, sing. You know, we've been doing that. And so I want to bring a word from Psalm 95. How can we make the first half of our service a time of encounter with the Lord? And so Psalm 95 begins with this four-letter word called come. Come. The greatest invitation for God, from God to us is the word come. Just imagine we all get ready, take the bus and go to God and God says don't come. You know. We'll, we'll go to the first one. Yeah, I'm not yet finished. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Brother Roshan. Come. Come. Just, and, and the first board we have, traditional board outside the houses, what's the board we have? Welcome. Welcome. We never have a board at, at the door telling, you know, goodbye, we don't want to see your face. No, that's not the, that's not the word. And suswagat. Suswagatam. Swagatam. Welcome, come, come, come. When it comes to the presence of God, what God has done for you and me is still the word come rings. You don't have to stand outside. You don't have to be bogged down. When it comes to the presence of God, the greatest invitation is come, 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 come. Just imagine you're going to IPL final match. You got the boxed, box room ticket or what's called box room, box house. And then you're waiting outside Chinnaswamy Stadium with, with that. And then you're, you know the, 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 the whole manager is your friend. And he's telling, come, come, come. I don't want you know. Come, come, come. I've got a ticket. Come. That's the best place for you to watch the match and enjoy. Come. The glories of eternity. What is yet to come. What was and what is, what will be. All the mystery of your life will unfold if you come. And I find that in the first half of the service, some of us are shy. We are at the swimming pool. Everything is ready. You know how to swim, but you're scared. You know, what will happen to me? What will people think? 
One of the reasons I find people don't engage in the first of the service, first half is opinions of people become a big hindrance for them. I'm Baptist, Pentecostal, I talk in tongues. I don't know what's going to happen to me. I'm this, I'm that. What will people think? My shirt is gone, you know. You know, I still didn't take a bath. My dandruff is an issue. I've come to church. I'm very new. I don't know what pastor will think. Leave that, drop that into the trash can. He's the king and he invites us. Three verses about come. Jesus said, I think we had one, one, one cloth in our church, the white cloth. Any remember that white cloth which fell from heaven? Yes, you all know that. And then below that, there was a verse. Anybody remember that verse? Ah, come to me. All those who got first class in Hindi, if you're a South Indian, come to me. Come to me, all who have prayed through the week. Come to me. What is that verse? Come to me. All who have got below 35. What a Jesus we have. Come to me, all who are burdened, heavy laden. You had a tough week. You couldn't make it through. You're having sweat. You couldn't get out of your bed. You are tired. Come to me. Wow. Arms open wide. The Pharisees, those who got all the religious jargons and stuff, they couldn't come. They had some, they found some hindrance with Jesus, but sinners, tax collectors, prostitutes, people with black spot all their lives, come to me. All who are burdened and heavy laden, I will give you. Unusual. The song that we sang, all the songs today, I think, if you have noticed keenly, the word hope is there. Come to me. I will write another chapter for your life. It's not over. Come to me. I will give you rest. Rest in another word in the Bible, in, 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 in Bible literacy. Rest means eternity. There's got an eternal attachment to that word rest. Something you don't have to strive in the flesh. It's not about what manager will say. What about my future, my money? How should I go about? I, I, I don't have, I don't have strength. I'm catching upon age. Come to me. I will give you rest. Come. And I pray in our worship time, let's learn to come to Jesus. These songs are tools. They are not, they are not, they are not formulas. This is not magic. We sing in our Spirit, we come to him. Don't miss this in the of the service. When he's there, we need to be. Also need to be there. Second one for come. I want to look at uh, John chapter 7. You've still not gone into the verse. Don't worry, Brother Roshan. Yeah, help me to be patient. John chapter 7. If anyone is thirsty, <laughs> on the last day, on the greatest day of the feast, big gang had gathered in Jerusalem. Jesus stood up and in a loud voice said, if anyone is thirsty, if anyone is thirsty, if all, all the things of the world have cost you to become dry, come to me. If things are not happening in your life, come to me. If you lived too long and found out that the things of the world is not quench you, come to me. You try too many places, too many doctors, too many religion, come to me. If anyone is thirsty. People who are satisfied with other things of life, they don't come to Jesus. One of the things is money. Faith is the currency in heaven. It works. But you have too much of currency on the earth. It deceives us thinking that everything we have, money can take care of it. If all that we have is what money can buy, we are cheap. It will take time for us to get this line. If all that we have in this earth or on this earth is what money can buy, we are cheap. Because the things of God cannot be bought with money. They are priceless. Take a cylinder of oxygen. A couple of years ago, we were desperate for those cylinders. Money couldn't buy. So we got to come to the Lord. If anyone is thirsty, hunger quotient. When you come to the Lord, Either you're hungry or you're thirsty, you'll be satisfied. Come to me. And Jesus said, streams of living waters 
will flow out through you. Come to me. Worship time is a time when you engage and encounter with God. Those who are writing notes, take those two words. Engage and encounter. Worship time is not being a spectator. It's a time. First off of the service, it's not that we stand quiet. We engage. Engage with God. It's like the fish Fish, it's a, you, moment you pull out the fish out of the water, it's wriggling. There's a moment you got to engage. It's not a time to celebrate silence. We'll come to that in a while. Engage with God. When you come into the church, when you take your seat, you put your Bible down, your hands are lifted and say, Lord, I want to meet with you. Do not miss that moment. Come to me. Don't fold your hands. Come to me. Sometimes I, I, I lament over the moments in our worship time when we let God pass by and we don't take a glimpse of him. Moses said, I will not go. I'm not satisfied if you send an assistant angel. I don't want any big, big people of, of, of cadder in heaven to come and lead. I want you. If you don't go, I will not go. Desperate hunger. God will satisfy. Worship is a moment when you'll you reveal and open up that hunger. Lord, I need you. I come to you. You are my hope. Hi, Lord, proclaim your name. You see that? Let's not miss God passing by. He will do for those who are hungry. Rich, he sends them away. But those who are lowly, he's satisfied. What is your quotient of hunger when we come to the first half of the service? Third come is in now. Uh, this, is, this is remarkable of what God did to John the Revelator. Revelation 4.1, please. John gets the vision of seven churches and the message to all the pastors or the angels, so to speak, there. You see how nice it is when it comes to the church, the Lord speaks to the pastor, not to the congregation. To the angel of the church in Whitefield, right, you know. Laodicea, right. Smyrna, right. And the pastor and the angel or the messenger would take it to the church. Wow, how Jesus addresses the issue is very nice. John, Revelation chapter 4 was 1. After this and I looked and there before me was a door standing open in heaven. Wow. Welcome, come, 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 welcome. I'm just giving that picture for us. Door standing open in heaven and a voice I first heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, come up here. Come, come, come. John, come. Worshippers, come. AGAG church members, come. Sonny, come, come. Come up here. And look at what he said. I will show you what must take place after this. There is a dimension of mystery that accompanies your worship unto God. The last song was very nice. We'll pull it up again. I will show you what must take place. And what happened to John there? Verses 2, at once I was in the spirit. When you engage with God, you don't engage him in the body. It doesn't matter whether you're wearing a black shirt or a white shirt. Doesn't matter the, 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 all the color. It doesn't matter all your status. Are you in the spirit? In order to engage with God, we got to be in the spirit. The realm of God is what we access in worship. Don't miss that. Don't miss that. That's where, that's where I'm learning. I want to learn. I want to move there. At once I was in the spirit and there before me was a throne in heaven. The first half of the service, when we come and bring those songs out, dear church of the living God, don't miss the presence and the throne of God. From it is defined your destiny. From it comes the scrolls and, 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 and all the, the, the things that God has laid for you, written over you. It unfolds at the throne of God. Come up here and I will show you what must take place. If you come to a dead, and I remember the story that my mother told me long ago. This is at the CSI church. And she said some, some African lady came and she was testifying. And she, the way she was testifying and the way she was worshipping in her country. I think someone visited that church. She, she gave it all to the Lord on the first half of the service. And then they asked, someone went and asked, how come you worship in this manner? You're so exuberant. You give it all. You, 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 you are engaging with God so much. She said, whatever I had, I finished it today. Whatever I, I had to eat, it's over. My money is over. This is the last day of my life. And I have nothing to lose. 
I have no one to impress. The only one before me is the Lord. And I'll worship him. I wanted to worship him the best manner I can. Come to him. And that became a door of hope for her, that service. I don't know what was the miracle, but my mother was underlining the manner in which this lady was worshiping at the church, in the church. Come to me and I will show you what must take place. Come to me for I know the last day of your life. Come when we come into the church. Don't miss because God has kept something to be written over your life. There is a destiny. There's a mandate. There's a new season. Look at the word door. Door. Door is, door is fascinating because when an open door, when there's an open door before you, when you get into the door, you leave one season behind and you're entering another season. If you've been traveling to one place to the other, if, you, if you've taken a flight, you've moved away from Bangalore and the flight lands and they open the door of the aircraft, you get down to a different land, different taste, different color, different government, different architecture. You go to a new season. You see, door is important. Jesus is the door. When you come to him, when he opens, I strongly believe when you worship God, you are not looking at the natural, your circumstance, what this government is telling. There is war. There are rumors of war. People are talking about famine and pestilence. Yes, but when he opens the door, you move from one season of your life to the other season. In worship, the Lord says to John, come, I, I, there's an open door for you and I will show you what must take place. You don't get locked up in this season. 2022, whatever the promise of the Lord is for us. Whatever the Lord is doing, look at the door he's opened. Behold, I'm doing something new in your life. Do not look at this door, the form of things, the things of the past. Get into a season when I'm working with you. That's when life defines newly. Come to me. With these three verses of come, I think I need to do Psalm 95 as a series. Sure, I will not finish it today. And uh, we'll go to the next. Thank you. We'll go to the next one. Come, Psalm 95, for a few meditations whenever I come up here. Psalm 95, if you have your Bible, Psalm 95. This is a template. I would like to bring it to the body of Christ, to us, as a pattern to engage in the first half of our service. You know, I'm, I'm so honored and privileged. I thank Pastor and the leadership for allowing me to be in the ministry of worship for some time now. I think it must be around nine years at our church and with all the other responsibilities at the other um, in the leadership. Psalm 95 verse 1. Come, let us. What? Let us. So when you walk into the church, learn to sing. It's not about whether you have a, a, a melody. It's whether you have a song. It's not whether you're in tune or off tune. It's, it's, it's whether we have a song. Sing for what? Sing for? Sing for? Sing for? I mean, most of us have read the Psalms. The emotion that stands out from the book of Psalms, the emotion that stands out for the worshiper in the book of Psalms is joy. You all are wearing masks. I know you're fully joyful on the inside. Yeah. There is laughter. There is joy. And sometimes Pastor Prem comes and says, everybody, smile. And that smile is only for two seconds and we go back. No, worship the Lord with gladness, not madness, not sadness. That's an invitation to come. When you come before the King of Kings, let there be joy. You're seeing the Lord. There's joy. There's joy. I want to, I want to see joy for a Christian is not just a conditional emotion. You give me iPhone 14. I don't know whether it's come or not, but I'm happy. Suddenly with an announcement today, today we're going to have a nice biryani after the service. Service. Wow. Are you happy? To I'm happy today. We, we, we wait for happenings to make us happy. But joy is, joy, is, joy is the state in the spirit. State in the spirit. It's, it's your place in the spirit. It's, it's, it's what you carry in the spirit when you walk with God. It is not dependent on your surroundings. How to be joyful always. Manager is like this. He's become a damager. I'm losing my job. They give me pink slip, red slip, yellow slip. I'm still yet to know what's the meaning of all that. You know, my business is going out. My family, I lost a loved one. How to, how to get that joy? Pastor James in his books, he says, consider it pure joy. That means 
unadulterated joy when you're going through diverse kind of suffering, pain, sorrow. How to have that joy? I want to give you one secret from the book of Psalms. How to be joyful when the ship is sinking? How to be joyful when everywhere I'm hearing about Ukraine and Russia? How to be joyful when I know our country is going through turmoil? How to be joyful and sing and raise a hallelujah in the middle of the storm? How? One secret. One secret. Please help me with the secret. Yes. Joy. 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 Next slide. Psalm 16. Psalm 16 and verse 8. I pray that we will not forget the secret. When you come to the church at 10 o'clock, and when whoever is leading worship is exhorting us, this should be our mindset. I have set the Lord five days before me. Yes or no? I've set the Lord always, not five days, two days, one day, always. The secret of joy is to set your eyes on the Lord continually. It is possible because the word says so. That's the faith. The more we bring in news channels, prose, poetry, we bring in all the junk movies we see, we bring in what people say, this say, that say, we lose it. I have set the Lord always. It's not the half now yet in the church. You go back home. The Lord, the Lord, the Lord. Always before me. Because he's at my right hand, I will not. Because when you have set the Lord with me, even when you close your eyes, you can feel him at the right hand. Because he's at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore, because I set the Lord always before me, I look to him. The way to look to him is to look to his word. His word and his name are one. Psalm 138 verse 2 says, he's exalted his word above his name. Wow. His word and his name are one. For the Lord to send him to us, he sent his word to us. Can I tell you something, dear church? For the Lord to manifest his presence, his salvation, his glory, it was fitting that he chose to give us his word. His word. The spirit of the sovereign Lord. Anyone want to complete that? The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me for his announcement anointed me to, to, to do a PPT, to start a business, to, to, to preach. What is preach? Release the word. Preaching is God's idea. If you're smarter than God, cancel preaching. It's in the foolishness of releasing the words that people are getting saved. We can do a lot of things in the church, but our primary calling is preach this word. If we are not fascinated by the word and the preaching of God's word, we are deceived. It is in his own wisdom, infinite wisdom, the Lord said, preach the word. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. I want to talk about this in the second half of the sermon. Preaching is releasing words, releasing words, releasing words. That's what we do in our worship. Now, let me come. Because the joy, I kept the Lord always before me. I look to him. I look to his word. I'm inspired by his word. I've been reading his word. Look at the next verse, nine. Therefore, my heart is, wow, joy. Joy is not because I see something coming. My payback, you know, something happening. I'm getting a gift. I'm getting this. No. We supersede that. Those things are good. Praise God for that. Don't cancel the biryani. You supersede because I see the Lord. My heart is glad. Because the Lord is always before me. I've not been looking elsewhere. So how do you train? you got to train the eyes of the spirit to look to the Lord. Joy is a component in the spirit. It's, a, it's something that comes of the spirit quotient. My, my soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices, joy, joy. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he has been mindful of my humble estate. You see what Mary said? Joy in the spirit. Do you have joy in the spirit? No one of the fruit of the spirit is love. Joy. 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 Turn to your neighbor and say joy. 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 My heart is glad and my tongue, my tongue, 
rejoices. This is where I'm, I'm noticing. I don't know what's happening. Sometimes we just come and celebrate silence in the church. No, you sing, you sing, you sing. Choir sing, singers sing, worship leaders sing. Pastor Sunny keeps screaming, no problem. You know, and, and all that. But our tongue rejoices. Have you come? Let me ask you a personal question. When you walk into AGAG Church, the first half of the service, when you walk in and stand before God, does your tongue rejoices or is this word a lie? Have you come to a moment when your tongue, it's not grammar. It's not which school you come from. It's not which village. It's not your background. Does the spirit of God infuse your tongue? You know what happened on the day of Pentecost? Out of all the parts of the body, the spirit of God came in the shape of a tongue. The fire of God took the shape of tongue and touched. The tongue was activated. I pray our tongues will be activated when we worship. There'll be phrases. There'll be words. There'll be praise. There'll be hallelujahs. Amen. I will raise a hallelujah. Amen. May God baptize our church so that our tongue will rejoice. I want to tell you why. I'll skip those verses and come to the last one. For you have made known to me the path of life. That means the path of life is not known by everybody. No. You fill me. Wow. I come to him with joy and he fills me with joy again. Other prophets would say everlasting joy will crown their heads. Will overflow with joy by the spirit. You will fill me with joy in your. No wonder we say and we claim many times in worship. You come to, come to Jesus, you'll be all right. Your sorrow will turn to joy. Sometimes when we do evangelism, we say come to the church. Everything will be all right. Look at our faith. No, 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 come, come, come. Sometimes you pick up your friend, you put them in the car and say, yeah, they're going through this. They're going, let them come. You will fill me with joy in your presence. I pray that we will not stand when the river is flowing. Get into the river. This is just an analogy. Get, get into, come to the place where there's a flow. Let's not be a spectator. How sad it is. Every time I preach to the young people, I say, you see, we are seeing a lot of videos these days. You're seeing a healing. You're seeing manifestations. You're seeing the power of God. You're seeing big, big meetings, big, big preachers. You're seeing how God is moving. And we all are standing away. We are very good at taking selfies and cameras, but we are not there. How sad it is that we as a movement, we, we call ourselves Pentecostal. We call ourselves the spirit of God moves. We call ourselves and we believe in signs, wonders, and miracles. Let's move to that place. Let's not be spectators. I, I can see going. I can see going. And then we become, we become just, 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 a, just a lamppost signpost but we don't go the tragedy of the move of god the tragedy of the move of god is god moves but we don't how sad it is that god is moving things are happening and i'm staying back the woman said he is moving down i'm bleeding for 12 years i can't be prefixed on the bed enough is enough i've listened to the reports of the doctors my money is gone i'm shrinking no proposals no job i will risk myself to go with my unclean state i will go and touch the hem of his garment i got to move amen that's about the move of god first half of our service i don't know about you but i believe god moves in our church God moves. I've sensed the move of God. Sometimes I speak and my mind cannot contain it. It is what the spirit of God does in our church. I pray in the name of Jesus. You will not be a spectator. Get into the move. I'm asking how long, how many songs, how many worship services, how many anniversaries before we see a genuine, unadulterated, legitimate move of God in our church. Amen. We need that. It is there. In his presence, fullness of joy. Much more than our preaching, our stammering, our PPTs, our orchestra, our all that we can do. Let the spirit of God take over. I'm praying that when somebody walks into the church, the joy will touch. It's so contagious that God would take over. Let's pray. Those who are praying, keep praying. You pray. Let's pray that there will be an open heaven over this place. Whatever we sold for 10 plus years, God will manifest so that there will be the path of life that will be uncovered to people. Amen. With eternal pleasures at his right hand. Oh my. That's, that's about joy. Such a component. Come with joy. Lord will show us 
You will fill me with joy in your presence. Let's not miss that. With eternal pleasure. A five-bedroom apartment can give you pleasure. For me, a street in Bangalore without traffic will give me pleasure. You know. Today we wanted to start the car. The car did not start. I wish the car started on time. We tried to book a cab. The cabs were having their own pleasure. And then the old car, thank God for old is gold. We did something and the car started, we came. Eternal pleasure. Can we get a dimension of that eternal pleasure? You know, don't need a drink from the world. You don't have to go to the lust of the world. It's not about the power and the money and the crazy ladders we climb. Eternal pleasure. Can you think of and write down as what, what Ramya was trying to say? Can you think of what God has done? Some things of God are not trivial, even though for human calculation to be trivial, every breath from him is costly. Eternal pleasures. Do you have a dimension of God that you enjoy? Eternal pleasure. Eternal. Eternity sticker is put there. It has no expiry date. When you come to God, there's always some element, an element of joy. Come, let us sing for joy. Come. This is just for that word joy. And now we'll go to the next part of the service. Father, stop the time, please. He will not do that. There's a law of God always going. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Proclaim. Everybody say proclaim. Proclaim. This is so powerful for our church, for your life, for your destiny, what God wants to do. Remember that door? This is a new door for us, our church, a new door. God has saved you from death. God has saved you from a sickness. God has saved you from a virus. There is a new door for you. There's a new chapter. We got to move into that place. Proclaim. Proclaim is what to do. Let's, uh, Psalm 95, you have your Bible. Shout aloud. That's what is proclaimed. Shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. What do we do in the first half of our service? We shout aloud. Don't be silent. There's a time to be silent. But in the 30 minutes, half an hour that we have in our church, I'm encouraging us, shout aloud. What is shout aloud there? Proclaim. Next slide, please. Proclamation. I want to read this. Proclamation helps us set our minds and hearts right. Proclamation reminds us of our convictions, realities that guide and govern our daily life. We made some strong proclamations today. Lord, you are good. My hope is in you. Everything around the world is sinking sand. But you are my firm foundation. Every time you proclaim, you're pressing that recenter button in Google Maps. Every time you come and say, Lord, you are good. You rose from the dead. Your sin is forgiven. It's proclamation. Proclamation is never done in silence. Proclamation requires sound and words. I want to concentrate on the second one. Proclamation is weapon, a weapon for the worshiper. This last song we sang. I raise a hallelujah, not just in the good times, all other times. And I raise a hallelujah louder and louder. Unfortunately, we didn't sing louder and louder, probably because of our a-class masks, you know, we, we, we just louder and louder. Everybody will try to say that louder and louder. Come soon, Lord Jesus. Louder and louder. Proclamation, when you speak. Oh, I'll come to that. I'm just waiting to say that line. But, but when you start speaking, it affects your mental state, your cognizance, your brain, your cells. I'll tell you why it is supernatural. When you start proclaiming and praising, it works on your brain and sets you right. Your thinking pattern, the way your mindset, your thoughts are aligned. Lord, you are good. I'm losing my baby. Lord, you are good. Lord, you are good. Next slide, please. The world is constantly proclaiming lies. After the service, you go and switch on all the news. This is what you'll hear. God doesn't exist. It's all about you. Sin has no consequences. This is all there is. All of the bombers come. They will bomb us. They will do this. They will do that. So much messages we get. Continually we're bombarded by these kind of proclamations from the world. The more you own, the more happier you are. 
But when we gather, we gather to declare to ourselves, each other and to God, what we know to be eternally true. When we gather, when the song starts, my dear friend, don't stop. Don't just wait for the song to get over. Don't say, let them sing. We are missing out on our major weapon. We are missing out on our major duty. We are missing out on a major blessing. Do not come to church and fold your hands and stay. Why? Silence. I have learned this. If at all you want the enemy to push his kingdom forward, just be silent. Silence helps the enemy to propel his kingdom. The moment you speak Jesus, you hinder the progress. The moment you proclaim Jesus, something is disturbing in the realm of the spirit. Therefore, the enemy will convince you not to open your mouth. We don't celebrate silence. We celebrate the Savior. Amen. Amen. We celebrate his kingdom. We proclaim his salvation, his righteousness, his truth, his glory, his victory, his word, his power. We proclaim. We proclaim. We don't stop. The worship leaders, yes, some of us can sing, may not sing, but you cannot stop the praise that gushing out of me. I'll tell you what happens. Proclamation is a weapon. Next slide, please. This is what the psalmist said. I like this verse because here very rarely <clears throat> you have God as a teacher. Since my youth, God, you have taught me. Wow. <laughs> Since my youth, God, you have taught me. And to this day, I declare your marvelous deeds. NLT says, I constantly tell others about the wonderful things you have done. Constantly. Constantly. Praise for a Christian. You don't have to go helter-skelter to find praise. A praise is spontaneous for a Christian. The praise the Lord's are spontaneous. We don't be, bring, become anemic. Have you found anemic worship? Anemic worship is this. We, we, we have three phrases, favorite phrases in praise and worship. We need to graduate from that. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. When the song is over, we lift hands. And say, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Change the song, please. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Everybody, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Nothing wrong with that. But it's just the stage one. How long will you keep drinking milk? The psalmist says, no, no, no. I just not about hallelujah. Not about praise the Lord. I keep proclaiming constantly the praiseworthy deeds of God. I love you, Lord. For you lifted me and you healed me. The Lord is my light and my salvation. The Lord has become my song. One thing I ask of the Lord. This is what I seek. Lions will grow hungry. But they that wait upon the Lord. I looked unto him and my face became radiant. He gives me grace and trains my fingers and my hands for what you see. You don't stop. You keep proclaiming. Proclaiming. Powerful. Oh God, from my youth, you taught me and I still proclaim power of proclamation. The first half of the service, gather together, go ahead and tell, don't bother. You see, that's the problem with our culture. I feel, I feel, what will they say? I'm from this church. What if I raise my hand? Is my shirt is okay? No, don't allow the enemy to rob. I'll tell you, enemy will bring million things. To stop you from proclamation. Why is proclamation so important? Next please. Can anybody tell me the story? Can, can I have some water? David and. Yeah. Where is it in the Bible? Thank you. That's the right answer. David and Goliath. Where is it in the Bible please? Without opening the Bible. Somebody. Somebody. Yes. Go ahead. This is the famous story in the, in the whole world for Christians. Yeah. Where is it in the Bible? Psalm 23. Sure. I'll take a break. Anyone, where is David and story? I mean, David and Goliath story in the Bible. Is it there in the Bible? Or Netflix? Father, help us, Lord. Yes, first. First Samuel, second Samuel. First Samuel, 100, 100 marks, 150 marks for that. First Samuel, anyone? Chapter? Pastor? We have to send everyone to Sunday school. You know. 
70. Sunday school teacher only said the answer. First Samuel 17. Everybody will go to that. Power of proclamation. Power of proclamation. First Samuel 17. Please don't forget that. First Samuel 17. 16 is anointed. 17 is pushed to in the place of war. Most of the time, we think that David took a stone, put it in the sling. Guma guma ke mara, sab kuch khatam ho gaya. But guma guma ke sach mein mara. But we're going to do something. We're going to look into the story and bring about. I think I'll have time for David and Goliath. And then we will proclaim for some time. Amen. The story is just not about a stone. The story is just about David going and taking some smooth stone. It's much beyond that. So let's revisit the story. First uh, Samuel chapter 17. Now Philistines had gathered all their forces for war and assembled in, in uh, Soko in Judah. So then we'll come and they all had gathered at the valley. Verse 3. They occupied on the hill and Israel on the other side. And between both of them, there was a valley. And then you have the champion, verse 4. Champion name is Goliath. Goliath was from Gath, one of the five uh, rulers, five cities of the Philistines. And he came out from the camp. He, and the Bible mentions all his dress, his armor, and, and every piece of it. And all goes on. But what was his strategy? I don't find him. In the war, you don't find Goliath using any of these things. Yes, his bronze helmet. Uh, as, uh, what do you say, coat, uh, and then um, bronze greaves, bronze javelin. You don't find all that in the battle. Description is there, but there's much more. Behind this man, there was something else that he was using as his weapon. Let's go down. Verse 8, Goliath stood. Can we have the slide? Goliath stood and, and, and that was his weapon. See this passage with this length. There are many, many dimensions the Spirit of God will speak to us. But I want to bring in this for our church this morning. The first half of our church, the first half of our service, shout aloud and someone else is shouting. Let's see the strategy of shout. Goliath stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel. That's what he did. Just took some words, put it in grammar, made it sensible, and then started challenging the whole nation of God. Why do you come out and line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine? Are you not the servants of Saul? Choose one man. Let him come down to me. If he's able to fight, kill me. We will become your subjects. But if I overcome and kill him, you become our subjects. Verse 10. This day I defy the ranks of Israel. I put you down. I make you chutney for tomorrow's idli. You know, for those who don't understand. I will smash you. I defy, I degrade you. You guys are fit for nothing. You don't know anything about war. If you're too serious, come up. Let us fight. On hearing the Philistines' stones. No. Words. 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 The whole camp, the, the valiant men, the top class, the, the, the people in the army of Saul. All the captains and the commanders, they looked at just the words. And what happened? Saul and all the Israelites were dismayed, terrified. Just the releasing of the words, they were terrified. Terrified. That's all he did. He didn't come up and do a show. He didn't give a video presentation. He, they didn't come and do you know, what we do on the Republic Day and a show of, of our parade and all our weapons and, and, and ballistic missiles. No, 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 no. It's just stand and... Shout. All of them were terrified. Next slide, please. First, 17, uh, first Samuel 17, 16. For how many days? For 40 days, the Philistine gave 500 mg in the morning, 500 mg in the evening, and took care of the whole nation of Israel. What is that? They went on to say, Hey, did you see that? What he said in the morning, what he said in the evening, the homework was all about children were meditating on the gospel according to Goliath. The men were meditating. The women's meeting were meditating. All the business were meditating. The army were meditating. What? On, did you? So they, they took all their, you know, iPhones and Samsung phones, Samsung especially because I like that, you know, and put it up, meditate, put it down. Recounting, recounting, recounting. For 40 days, you don't do your devotions. 
for 40 days if a christian does not worship and praise you're slowly backsliding in your walk with god we start meditating on the gospel according to goliath it's not a gospel at all fear terrified some bomb blast somewhere earthquake somewhere some prediction some rare video some friend will forward some youtube you go ahead and take somebody you don't even know the source and you keep forwarding thinking about it what said what god said we've forgotten the day we don't know how to proclaim the word of God, we will proclaim the word of men. We will bring in scientists, we'll bring in some conspiracy theory. We will go to that video, that news channel. Do they have eternal word? Tell me one news channel in the world that taps into the presence of God and gives us manna on a daily basis, except for God's word. Not all WhatsApp messages are for you. Don't even allow it. Delete them. Don't allow the gospel of Goliath to scare you. For 40 days, no one spoke. If one person is speaking for a long time and scaring us and terrifying us, how do you defeat that person? Logic, simple logic. Yeah. If someone is speaking too much, and if you want to win against him, what you should do? Ah, shout more than him so that he will be silent. You either should shut his mouth and you must have something to speak. You fight words with words. You fight thought with thought. That's the strategy of the kingdom. You fight image with image. You fight words with words. In all of Israel, no one dared to speak. Let, them, let him go. Let him speak. No, no, no. The moment he comes evening, six o'clock, all of them. My knees are knocking. Bring that move spray, iodic spray. Go to the, this one, take that, take this. But they don't know the strategy. Now David comes to the scene, lack of time. What does he say? 17, the story is David leaves and comes and brings stiffen boxes to his brothers who are in the war. And then he leaves all that and he hears this man. The moment he hears, David says in verse 20, is it, is it 12? 26, 26. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Who is this man? Who is this man? When you go through trials and trouble, are you dare and bold enough to ask the Lord, Lord, if you are on my side, Lord, I know I'm walking through this, but God, I know you being by my side. If God is for me, who can be? Are you able to take your stand and speak? There was one person who was required to speak. That's why I say when we come into the church, don't close your mouth. The lies of the enemy, the heaviness that you have in you and all that goes around. The enemy wants to speak lies and shut you down. You've got to open your mouth and speak. We need somebody to speak. Eliab says, shut your mouth. Go back. You have some few sheep and you're not even doing your duty. Have you come just to take a ticket and watch the war? He said, I'm not interested in the war. I want to win the war. His brother misunderstood him big time. Then verse 29. Now, what have I done? Can't I even speak? He opened his mouth and began to speak. Somebody took the news to Saul and said, there's one young fellow speaking. Speaking, speaking. Because for 40 days, they didn't find anyone speaking. The moment he spoke, everyone terrified, went into their caves. Some put on headphones and blasted the volume. I don't even want to hear him. I fear. I'm depressed. I will die. Snake is under the bed. That virus will come. I'm going to go away. This will happen. You see, you're meditating. I'll tell you, there's healthy fear. But you constantly keep on in the zone of fear. You give room for the spirit of fear. You see that? Anger, normal human anger is okay. Continually your anger, you give room for the spirit of anger. And then anger will lead you to rage, rage to revenge. And then you have murder. You got to know how to arrest that. Fear, fear, fear. They were rolled down, knocked down by the spirit of fear till one person spoke and said, no, this is not it. I know my God. I've tasted the favor of God. I've tasted the goodness of God. God has been good to me. 
you are good. You are good. So good. So good. I've tasted him. I've seen him. I've seen him in the valley. I've seen him in the ICU. I've seen him when I lost my loved one. I've seen him when I lost my job. I know I tasted. We had Yada time. We had Shabbat time. We had those times when we praise. I cannot tolerate when somebody opens their mouth and lies about their God. David said, I want to speak. Is there anybody to speak this morning? First half of our church, let's practice speaking, proclaiming day after day. David said, take me to the king. He said, uh, Saul looked at David and said, you are not able to go out against the Philistine and fight. You are a young boy. He's been a warrior from his youth. The moment you see things in the natural eyes, you will fail. You see the size, you know, he had something else. He has bullets and ammunition of a different kind. He looks at David and says, you're a bachu. You're just probably just finish your 10th standard. No, 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 no. It's wrong. David says this. This is interesting. Your servant has been keeping the father's sheep when lion and bear came. In your personal life, if you're able to kill lion and the bear, God will start using you on a different level. Before you kill Goliath, you should have killed the lion and the bear in your personal life. The more you are able to fight against sin and bring your body to subjection, your God will use you to help, help nations, help others, help people in your workplace. He says, no, I've tasted God in my private life. When I was taking care of my father's sheep, the lion and the bear came with my bare hands. With my bare hands, I tore them apart. I want it. I know the power of God. I've tasted the power of God. When we come, we proclaim. And when we do that, somebody else is blessed in our house, in our home. And David says that. And then let's look at the next for the want of time. Scripture records 12 verses of David speaking. One verse of David stoning. The battle is not with the sword. The battle is with the word. Just imagine David would have just sulked and said, Ade Raga, Ade Hadu. Why should I speak? No one is speaking. Let them speak and go, no, no, no. He changed the fate of a nation with the words. With the words. Can we have the next slide? Goliath speaks two verses. David speaks four verses. Angelin, you got it right. Rendu pesna, nal pesna. Someone came and told you something about your family. They hurt you. Their words were sharp and, and pierced you. Proclaim. God is good to me. What is prophetic praise? God has been good yesterday. God will be good tomorrow. But God is good today. That is prophetic utterance. God is my light, my hope, my strength. I praise him. I worship him. Why is praise and worship and the word so powerful? Within these words... You come to me with all the natural. I come to you supernatural. I come to you in the name. I come to you with against you with the word I have. What is the power of the word? Very quickly. Final verse. Can we have a uh, keep keep. Ah, when you say yes to the word, you have the soul. I like this. When you take the word, I proclaim your word by day and by night. I meditate on your word day and your day and night. I, I declare your word. I declare the praiseworthy deeds of God. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. The horse and the rider he hurled to the sea. He killed Og king and then Sihon king of... You see, you have all the proclaiming. When you say yes to the word, it's like bullets going out from your mouth. Why, dear Christian, will you come to the church and close down your AK-47 rifle to bring down the works of the enemy? Don't be silent. Don't be silent. The word is coming. The second half, the preacher, the man of God, the woman of God will bring the word. But the first half, we engage in proclamation. Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Shout aloud. Raise a hallelujah. Louder and louder. I will keep singing hallelujah. Amen. Last verse for the day before we pray. Yeah, this is the one. This is the one. If you've not been writing any verse today, this verse is worth it to cap it off. 
why word of God? Why words in worship? Why should I proclaim? Why does the worship leader, the pastor keep encouraging you to praise, to praise? It's because of this. Jesus said in John 6, 63, I put it in two different translations. It is the spirit who gives life, flesh profits for nothing. The words I speak to you are spirit and they are life. The spirit can make life, can make life, give life, make life. Sheer muscle and willpower don't make anything happen. Every word I've spoken to you is a spirit word. And it is life-making. Can I tell you something? Every time we speak the word of God, it is energized by the spirit. It's just not English, Tamil, Telugu, Malayalam, Hindi. No. Every time a word comes, the word is energized by the spirit realm, either the evil spirit or the Holy Spirit. I want to die. I want to die. I want to die. I'm depressed. I'm depressed. You keep confessing. Those words are energized by the, the spirit realm of evil. It'll play in your mind. Words are powerful. Jesus was bullseye straight in telling. When I speak God, you will fight for me. God, I trust in you. My hope is in you. Every time you declare those words, it gets energy from the realm of the spirit and the words of the spirit are life-giving. Where there is death, there will be life. Where there is darkness, there will be light. Where there is despair, there will be hope. You see, words are powerful. That's why when we go to hospital, somebody is dying. I remember once sharing in the chapel of Baptist hospital after that, they, you know, the, the, the nursing superintendent said, come to, can you pray for people? I said, okay. And then she took me to ICU and she took me to one person. <clears throat> Something terrible had happened and completely off. No senses, just the heart is beating. And she said, pray. Nothing is moving. I can't even ask, what's your name? Can I pray for you? She said, no, pastor, please pray. Why, forget about me praying. Why did that dear woman said, come and pray? Because when you pray, something taps into the realm of the spirit and there's a conduit, there's a pipe, there's a conduit, there's a source that flows. You say, Jesus, Lord, I love you. Lord, we need you. Lord, this region, Lord, from Whitefield to Vartur to Martali, you say those words, something happens. That's the power of proclamation. Two days ago, I was doing a session for my brothers, uh, you know, ADT as they were doing an apologetic uh, discipleship training school, five days, whole day, and then I was teaching on warfare. I never expect all these. Five days were over, and I begin to teach on other aspects. And last, we had some 15 minutes of worship, 10, 15 minutes. And I said, if the Lord is speaking to you, kneel down. And there were 20 students. They knelt down in the second row. A girl started raising her voice. Initially, I thought there was much worship happening and tears were rolling down and all that. Very soon, she started manifesting. She was on the ground rolling and frothing and vomiting, things like that. Then I'm the teacher. And then I'm teaching warfare. This is for the glory of God. Nothing about me, nothing of, of any kind. I just went in. If you've been in this ministry, you'll understand. You just need to say Jesus. You have to say Jesus. I cannot stand silent and say, Lord, do something. No. It's in the word. You all got together around. I said, Jesus. Just said, leave. Leave. The word. Leave out. Out in the name of Jesus. Very soon. She was restored. Came to a mind. Power in proclamation. I just saw this two days ago. There is power when you say Jesus. For me, worship is not silence. There are moments of silence. It's not just a song. It's your mouth. You release praise to him. Goliath comes with all his fear. He says, you will die today. I will give you to the birds. It's over with you. There is no destiny. One chapter ago, you were anointed. You thought Samuel came and put oil on you. You'll become a king and you will lead. I will just chop you and give you to the animals. 
I will kill you. He had to have something else to defy the gods. And he said, I come to you, not with sword and javelin and spear. I come to you in the name of a higher order. I come to you with Jesus, the high priest of a higher order. I come to you. That's why we praise him. Amen. Shall we close our Bibles, keep it down and everybody stand up. Shall we take some moments to proclaim Jesus? Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Come, let us shout aloud to God, our Savior. He has been our God. Lift up your hands, whatever you're going through. Let there be shouts of hallelujah. Shouts of praise the Lord. Shouts of glory to the Lord. We worship you. We worship you. Everybody, raise your voice, please. Raise your voice. Raise your voice. Raise your voice. Begin to say, Lord, I love you. Lord, I thank you. Thank you that you are for me. If God is for me, who can be against me? Lord, you are my shepherd. Lord, I've been going down. I've been backsliding. Lord, I don't know what to do with my life. Lord, I've been in a place of death and despondency. Thank you that in you there is light. Come on, praise him. Praise him. Lift up those hands. Fix your eyes on Jesus, our champion. He's our guru. He's our high priest. His name is above every name that at the name of Jesus, demons, at the name of Jesus, black magic, at the name of Jesus, fear and murder and suicide, they bow down to the name of Jesus. We worship you, O God. We praise you, Lord. We bless you, Jesus. We bless you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Pastor Prem. Jesus, we worship you. We worship you. Keep that praise going on. Don't be silent. If you have never been praising him, go ahead. Go ahead. Thank you, Pastor. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Savior.